Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hey, this is Blasco from the Ozzy Osbourne Band, and you are listening to Talking Metal. Hey, what's up? This is Gumby from Battlecross, and you are listening to Talking Metal. Molson Canadian presents... Heavy Montreal, August 7th, 8th, and 9th. Outdoors at Park Jean Trapeau. Featuring Slipknot, Faith No More, Corn, and Alexis on Fire. Three full days of rock and metal with Lamb of God, Iggy Pop, No FX, Lita Ford, and many more. Festival passes on sale now. For the full festival lineup, visit heavymontreal.com. Produced by Avenco. Hey guys, welcome to episode 537 of the Talking Metal Podcast. My name is Mark Striegel, and I'm so psyched you are here listening to the show with me, hanging out with me, doing a hang. So uh, yeah, all good, all rock, all metal. We got some great guests, Blasco from the Ozzy Osbourne Band, and Gumby from the band Battlecross. Gumby is the vocalist of Battle Cross. They are on Metal Blade. That's their label. They got a new record coming out. He's going to tell us all about it. So first off, let's get right into the interview with with Blasco from Ozzy Osbourne's band. He is the bassist in Ozzy's band. This is him on bass on this song, Eleven Silver. It's from 2007's Black Rain record. Great overlooked song. So much good stuff on the Scream and the Black Rain record that I think a lot of people... Uh, overlook and don't really pay much attention to sometimes. And they should, because they're great, great records, both those records. On that note, here is, uh, here's the music, followed by my interview with Blasco, Eleven Silver by Ozzy Osbourne.
Hey guys, it's Mark Striegel from Talking Metal, and on the line from Ozzy Osbourne's band, we have Blasco checking in with us. How are you, Blasco? What's up, Mark? Uh, thanks for having me. Oh, you bet, man. You know, we all know you as the bassist uh, in Ozzy's band. You've been with Ozzy for a while now. But one interesting thing that I'm not sure a lot of people, you know, outside of the the industry know is that you are very involved with managing bands and I wanted to talk to you about and ask you about how you got into managing bands. Right. Well, it was a, uh, it was by design for sure. Um, and, uh, this is going to sound, you know, a little odd, but it was the reality of actually whenever I was transitioning out of Rob Zombie's band into Ozzy's band. Right. Right. And, and for me, as, as a bass player, I'm, you know, I, I, since it was like, you know, I sort of climbed the higher, hierarchy of uh, heavy metal bass players, right? So it started kind of with Prong and then went into Danzig and then went into Zombie and then went into Ozzy, right? Right. So hired gun bass player guy, like I get paid to, you know, make a record or go on tour. But like, I'm not part of the, the overall income stream because I'm not, I'm not a partner in it. I'm just the, I'm just like, yeah, you know, I'm just the employee, if you will. So that being said, when I reached the, the pinnacle of, of getting the Ozzy Osbourne gig, I kind of had to take a real, you know, honest look at my situation and be like, well, this is where, this is where the ride ends. You know, this is, this is the, this is the end of the line in that. I've reached the peak of the mountain, right? My my goal as a bass player was complete. There's there's nowhere left for me to go other than like ACDC or Metallica, and both those gigs seem pretty spoken for, right? Right on. Right on. Um, so 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 I, I had to go like, well, you know, I'm not getting any younger. Eventually, Ozzy's going to retire. Uh, you know, I only get paid whenever I'm working, and you know, he goes back and forth between Sabbath and and whatnot. So there's there's moments whenever you know I'm not working as a musician, so uh, you know I had to I had to really kind of figure out what I wanted to do on the downtime, but something that could be flexible, right? So it's like I either had to you know be a tattoo artist, or I had to learn how to cut hair, or you know some some flexible kind of job that I could take with me um, that no no one would miss, you know, like back in the day. Like, whenever I worked, like, retail or had some crappy job, right? I'd, if I went on tour, I'd have to quit that job and find a new one whenever I got back, um, which, you know, it's fine whenever you're in your 20s, but, you know, going into your 40s, that's not going to, you know, that's not going to be all that realistic, right? Right. So, so I, I, had to, I had to figure out something that was going to be flexible that I could take with me. I, I knew that I still wanted to be in the music business, you know, I, I, I knew that I still wanted to be a, a part of this, and, and I, I, I still had a passion for, um, for, for music and, and being involved on the business side of it. So, uh, like I said, so by design, um, I, I, I thought about a couple of options, you know, do, do I want to be at a label, you know, do I want to, like, be a producer, like, you know, an engineer, like, all these things just kind of felt like, Felt like I was just gonna potentially end up being, you, you know, an employee of someone else again, and I really kind of wanted to be entrepreneurial and, and, and start my own thing. So that's what I did. I, 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 I kind of logically looked at what was in front of me. What can I do 
Um, you know, I don't have to have uh, I don't have I don't have to have a degree of any kind to uh, to start managing bands, right? I just have to find bands to manage, <laughs> you know. And um, and uh, so I, you know, out of the gate, I was lucky to you know find a couple of artists to work with, and uh, and that kind of planted the seed. And then it just kind of it just kind of rolled from there, you know, and um, and stuff. So in, in a lot of ways, I, I put in a lot of hard work, and, and in a lot of other ways, I, I, I've been lucky enough to uh, you know find good bands to work with, and and uh, and you know sort of built it, you know, based my career off of a, off of a, a good reputation, and you know as, as being a as being a hard worker and someone that people respect in, in the business. Um, from being on the musician side. You know, um, but as well as is in transition in the business side, and, and and I started the company uh, over ten years ago, so it would have been like you know it's, it's about ten and a half years now that uh, I started the company, and um, you know, knock on wood, man, I'm fortunate to say that it it's done exactly what I wanted it to do, um, and uh, you know that does that doesn't always work out, but I, I've been fortunate in that regard. Now I remember back probably almost. 10 years ago, maybe not quite 10 years ago, I guess it was like eight years ago, you were managing in this moment. What were some of the other early bands that you, uh, that you took on the management duties for? Well, well, the very, the, the very first band was, was a, a band from, um, Southern California called Mantis. And, uh, they, they were the, the runner up band in a, uh, a TV show called Battle for Ozfest that was, I think it was on MTV, maybe it was on VH1, I don't really remember. It was, there was only one season of it. But the, uh, the premise of it was is that they put a bunch of bands in these sort of survivor-like situations. Yeah, I vaguely remember they, that show, yeah. Yeah, and, and then at, at the end of it, the band that won got the beat on Ozfest that year, right? So, so this, this Mantis was the runner-up band. You know, they didn't get to do the Ozfest, but, you know, there was still some visibility to them and, and whatever, just because of the association with, uh, you know, the Osbournes and everything, we were able to, uh, to kind of grind it out with them as being our first, uh, first band. Um, and, then, and then I had a slew of things that were probably relatively off everyone's radar. There was a band called Burn in Silence that I picked up from uh, the Boston area. Um, there was another band called The Banner that was from uh, New Jersey um, and stuff. But just, you know, just, just like anything else, you know, just like, you know, whenever you first start out playing in garage bands or, or you know, getting together with your friends to, to form your own band, you know, you've got it, it, to, it's all, it's all a learning process, you know, not, you know, and, and so, and so this was, this was like every other learning process. You know, I had to, I had to have some experimental stuff to kind of cut my teeth on and, and whatnot. But in that, the guitar player, Vernon Silence, he turned me on to this band that was also in LA and they had a pretty hot MySpace page at the time and, and their, and their demo uh, of songs was, was, was pretty cool. And, um, and that ended up being in this moment. Right. And, um, and I, I went and met them and, and saw them rehearse in their public storage unit. And, um, and we just, and we just built a relationship and I started working with them and I worked, I worked with them up from, from the inception. I, I got them their record deal. You know, I, I, I just, you know, I built it up just like how you're supposed to do. And I, and I ran with them through the course of their, um, you know, their first three records. Um, and, and that really helped, that really helped, you know, establish myself because, you know, that was, uh, they're, they're 
a successful band now, but they were even a successful band even from, you know, its, its early inception. So that certainly helped to uh, plant my flag. But then, then the one that really kind of solidified it for me was um, when I picked up Black Veil Brides. And, um, and that, that really helped solidify is that I, you know, that I can take something from nothing like I did within this moment or Black Veil Brides and really develop it into a real, uh, you know, real, a real living, breathing, you know, sustainable, uh, band, um, and, uh, and stuff. And then over the course, you know, of time, I picked up, uh, you know, Black Label Society and Zach Wilde in the process. And right. I managed, uh, I managed Devil Driver and, Cold Chamber and uh, Butcher Babies and stuff. So I've got a, you know, I've got a pretty solid, you know, roster of stuff that um, I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm very confident with and, and that I feel, uh, you know, that I feel really happy about. So like once again, I'm just fortunate enough that, you know, my plan all, all worked out and, um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm lucky in that regard. And, you know, being connected with, with Ozzy, did you ever talk with Sharon about, management styles did she ever offer you any advice on on how to manage um i never really got into it um it's it's funny though that the the, i did ask her one time why she stopped managing and and her answer was billy corrigan (laughs) (laughs) really wow (laughs) so so i just thought that was funny but um but no we never got into it really um uh you know but it's cool though that to have that person of her caliber there to lean on if I ever needed to. And, and, and she, and she helped me out too. I mean, out of the gate, you know, she, she enabled, she enabled um, us to, uh, to, to work with Mantis. And then whenever I had in this moment, she, 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 there was a, a an Ozzy Osbourne Rob Zombie tour and she put uh, in this moment uh, as the opener in that, you know, so, so, you know, uh, in this moment is played Madison Square Garden on their very first tour. You know, not a lot of people can say that. So, yeah. I certainly owe that. I, I, I owe that all to her. You know, she put them on um, uh, a, a couple of aspects and stuff. So, so she really helped in this moment, me and in this moment, you know, plant our, plant our flag and establish them and put them in front of really big audiences really early on, which is, you know, something that, you know, it doesn't always happen. You know, we're, we're always all, we're always all, you know, kind of battling and fighting for those for those, you know, few illustrious, especially nowadays, like think, think of it now, think of a band going into arenas, you know, like that is so few and far between these days, you know? Right on. Yeah. I was at that Madison square garden show. That was a good show. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Um, let me, let me ask you about Rob Zombie. You're obviously uh, a part of his history. You played on, I think three records by Rob Zombie. How do you look back on your time with, with Rob and do you have a favorite record that you worked on with him? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly look back on, on that time. I mean, cause look, man, it, like I was, I was working in a used clothing store whenever I got the phone call to meet up with him and, and talk about being in his band. So, um, <clears throat> I gotta be honest and I gotta say, I owe everything to him and, uh, in terms of building my career. Cause I, I, I don't feel that I would be where I'm at now if it wasn't for the opportunity, because being in his band provided me the opportunity to really build my own brand um, as a bass player and as a, you know, as a valuable person in the industry. And by being with him, that put me in front of the Osbournes on, on multiple tours. And, and so whenever they were looking for a bass player, um, I was one of the guys that, that got that call. Um, not to mention, I learned a lot from him uh, it, 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 in, in, in my management 
you know, world and business, I refer a lot back to him and, and how he runs his business. And, um, and I learned, you know, in, in the eight years that I was with him, I mean, I, I got to say that there was a lot of observation that I was, that I was doing that I, that I still pull from to this day. So, um, yeah, I mean, very fond memories of, of that time period and, and, uh, and certainly very, uh, uh, very appreciative of, of, of him uh, giving me the opportunity because, like I said, I, I don't feel that I would be where I'm at if it wasn't for, for that, you know, for that time period. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you, you've done two uh, records with Ozzy, Black Rain and, and Scream, just uh, which I think are really great records. And uh, uh, Ozzy's catalog is just so intense and so awesome. Do you feel that those records maybe have sometimes gotten lost among all these, you know, legendary records like Blizzard of Oz and the Sabbath stuff and No More Tears. Um, do, you, do you feel that, that they got the due that they deserve? You know, it's tough. Um, whenever you're, you're a guy like him who's got the 30-plus the year career, it's just inevitable that, that whenever you get to the later records and it's just, those just become like relatively unknown in comparison to the, the peak time of, of their, of their career. Now I'm referring to like ACDC or Aerosmith or, you know, the Rolling Stones and, you know, Ozzy too. It's just like, it's like, you know, you, you have those, those epically long careers where you've got these really high peak moments and just on the tail end of your career, just things just inevitably start to peter off, you know? I mean, I think this will be, like, for ACDC, this will be probably, like, the first record that maybe doesn't go platinum, you know? Right, yeah. And, um, and, and it's not a bad record, you know? It, 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 they're, they're still going on tour, and, there's, and, I mean, fuck you, they're not even playing arenas anymore. They're playing stadiums, stadiums yeah, you it's know? crazy. And, and stuff, but... It's just, it's, and it's also too. It's the state of the, it's the state of the business, you know. I mean, re- records just don't sell anymore, um, you know. So, is it unfortunate that, that these bands that are still putting out records of value, but just maybe don't get the attention they deserve because, for whatever reason, people just aren't paying attention to it anymore? I mean, may, maybe it's, it's just that demographic of people, like they've moved on with their lives, and and they're just like FM radio type people that put on the classic records you and and that's just where it's at and they and they kind of don't grow because they've, they've gotten so far in their own lives that it just it's just not where they're at you know right. um and 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 the younger generation they're into their own shit you know like whenever i was a kid man like i wanted kiss records and and, and my parents wanted me to listen to their joan Baez and and uh peter paul and mary records but that was that was their generation. You know right what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm one of my own generation now. Now, in hindsight, I can listen to the Beatles and really appreciate it. But whenever I was a kid, I wanted to listen to Kiss and ACDC. I didn't want a part of the Beatles and Elvis, you know. Um, but but as you get older, you really appreciate that music for what it is. But whenever you're a kid, you don't you know you don't want a part of that, <laughs> you know. Totally, totally. Now now back a few years ago, before Ozzy started, you know ramping up the Black Sabbath stuff again. Uh, we heard kind of little talks in the press here and there from, from Tommy and, and, and Gus that maybe there would be another uh, Ozzy solo record. At one point, uh, Tommy even talked about the direction musically of, of what 
what the record might sound like. Is, is that still happening, do you think, at some point? Is is there still another solo record in Ozzy? Man, you know what? I'm the bass player, and to be honest, I'm the second to last to know anything. Um, and and uh, so, I mean, of course, we would, we would hope that there's another opportunity for us to make a record and, and go and support it, but... You know, it's that's up to the that's up to the bosses. You know, that, that's up to the people in charge. And and uh, you know, I'm I'm available to do it and would love to do it, but uh, um, it's not up to me. You know, so who knows? Right on, right on, cool. And any other things you're doing musically right now? I know you were doing some some dates with Zach, where you were going out and playing Sabbath songs. Any anything else going on? No, I mean we have we, Zach and I have this little thing called Zach Sabbath. That we just, you know, we we we, uh, we 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 pull together a drummer and we do it as like a power trio and we just play all Sabbath songs with extended guitar solos in them and um and uh and it's really fun to do. We we don't his his schedule is so busy we don't really get an opportunity to do it very often. But um, but uh, that's really the only musical project I have. I mean, it's like because I'm just so busy with the the management company. Um, that I, I, I really don't even honestly think about playing music. Like, honestly, I don't even have a bass at my house. Wow. Like, um, like whenever there's, there's a gig, you know, like they let us know enough in advance to where I can, I can go dust it off and, 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 you know, run through, run through crazy train and paranoid and I'm good to go, you know? Yeah, right <laughs> so, on. So, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not so involved in the musical side anymore. That's, I kind of put that effort towards the younger bands that I manage. Very good. Well, Blasco, thanks so much for talking with us today. And uh, we will link to, you got a website or official Facebook or anything we can link to in the show notes for today's episode? Um, I got a Facebook, but I don't do anything with it. But like, and I, like I'm probably most active on Instagram, but you know, if you, if you, if you, if you want to look at pictures of my cat, um, that's, about, that's about all I do on there. However, um, but my social media is pretty easy. It's Blasco1313, and that's my Twitter, my Facebook, and my Instagram. So if you if you you know type that in, you could you, you can link you know you can link to all that. Very good. Thanks so much, man. We really appreciate your time. Yeah, Mark, appreciate it. Friends close, but your enemies closer, closer. I'm another breed. Watch out, watch me. I'm your new best friend. I am what you, you want me to be. Why can't you take what you give to me? Hello.
What you just heard was Hand of the Enemy. That's off Ozzy's Scream record, which was released back in 2010. Before that, we heard my interview with Blasco. Uh, big special thanks to him for calling into Talking Metal and explaining management to us, at least his style of management. I thought that was kind of cool to hear about that. And um, yeah, I mean, always great to have Blasco on the show. He's been on a- at least two times, possibly three in the past. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'd have to check that. Coming up a little bit later in the show, we have an interview with Gumby from Battlecross. Now, Battlecross will be up at Heavy Montreal which is a festival going on the 7th, 8th, and 9th of August, coming up real soon in Montreal. Please get yourself up there. This festival is incredible. So many great bands will be playing. And I tell you, I cannot wait to see Battlecross play there. Um, So many awesome bands playing. So Pentagram, unfortunately, is not going to be playing. I'm told they uh, had to cancel due to issues with Bobby's um, visa. So that's that's unfortunate. If you're hearing kids yelling in the background, there is currently four uh, kids, including my two little devils running around here with their friends, and I'm trying to bang out a podcast here on a a Saturday and... (laughs) This is like my third attempt, but I'm just going for it. And you probably don't even hear much of it in the background, but I'm hearing it. Anyways, uh, coming up on an uh, upcoming episode, we have Nadia from Cold Chamber checking in with us, the the beautiful hot lady from, from Cold Chamber who plays bass. She will be joining us on an upcoming episode, so stay tuned for that. And also, don't miss Cold Chamber at Heavy Montreal. I cannot wait to check them out. Again, Battlecross. Interview with Gumby coming up in just a bit. Another band that's on Heavy Montreal this year. Mitch Lafon and I will be up at Heavy Montreal hanging out. If you see us, please come up, come up and say hello. Speaking of Mitch Lafon, he and I do a podcast together with another Mitch named Mitch Joel. And Mitch Joel's like this guy. He does numerous podcasts and writes books and does uh, talks, those um, TED Talks things. He's, he's the real deal. And, and he uh, hosts this show, co-hosts the show with Mitch Lafon and myself. It's called Metal Raps. And I, I put a few of them out over the Talking Metal stream, um, some of the like first nine episodes or something. I think I'm going to go back to doing that because I just feel like my website's all messed up at this point. And until I can get metal wraps placed properly on Talking Metal, I may start throwing them out over the Talking Metal stream. If you don't like them, don't listen to them. And if you only like them, then and you don't like the regular Talking Metal episodes, just go to iTunes and subscribe to the Metal Wraps feed, uh, which is you know its own individual feed, if that makes sense. Speaking of the site, you know I got Mars Attacks, uh, Talking Rock. Mitch LaFon's one-on-one with Mitch LaFon and Talking Metal all on the site. That Those four shows, when I initially conceived Talking Metal digital, you know, a year or two ago, probably closer to two years ago at this point, those were the shows on the Talking Metal digital network, if you will. Since then, we've had a lot of other shows kind of approach us. Even recently, I had another show approach, approach me, and they were like, can I get on the network, the Talking Metal digital network? Guys, I'm so fucking busy. I mean, Talking Rock's dead. I haven't done a Talking Rock episode in forever. I'm doing this by myself now. John, obviously, 
is not involved uh, whatsoever, really. Uh, I, he's welcome. There's an open door for him to come back. But I haven't spoken with the guy. I mean, I spoke with him once since the Ace gig in October, I think that was. And that was when Ace came by that metal show. Uh, I was working on that metal show, season 14. So uh, when John brought Ace by that metal show, that's really the only time I've spoken with John. Uh, Maybe a handful of text messages back and forth. But yeah, it's weird, man. The guy was my, my, one of my best friends since 1987. And uh, I feel like he's fallen off the face of the earth. So and I'm not the only one. Other people have said that, too. So we we hope John's well, and we hope he, you know, will consider coming back to Talking Metal at some point. I know he works three jobs, so it's tough. And uh, honestly, I'm having a blast just doing this, kind of spearheading this myself, which has kind of been the direction it's been going for the past five years anyways. So it's not like him disappear. he suddenly disappeared from the podcast. I think it was... You know, since 2000, really 2009, he's kind of slowly been, you know, doing less and less on the podcast. And at this point, he's doing nothing. So, and listen, that's, I get it. I get it. I don't know. I I just wish if he didn't want to do it, he could just be like, yeah, I quit. But I don't think he wants to quit. I think he, you know, from when I spoke with him back in April or whenever that was that I saw him at that metal show with Ace, he seemed like he wanted to, uh, eventually get back into the fold. Now, having said that, I'm doing this really on my own. Mitch LaFond does a great show and, and, and he's, uh, you know, contributing greatly and I love his show and, and there's been some great stuff that has happened to me since having his show on the network. And I really appreciate everything he's doing. Um, but I, I got to scale back and I'm, I'm probably going to remove talking rock and, um, Victor Ruiz is Mars attacks from the talkingmetal.com page just because I I don't I just don't have time and you know I'm sure you're like well how long does how much time does it take to post a episode from Victor yeah it takes me like 20 30 minutes you know to do the web work and and it's just at this point I just it's just I know people don't believe it but 30 minutes is so valuable to me uh, again I don't even have metal wraps up on the show uh, on the on the website that that I just I just can't do it anymore and I'm sorry and I, I've had literally three other shows approach me that really want to be a part of the network I can't even do Victor right guys so uh, you know I there's no way I can add any other shows and I'm and I'm scaling back so as of right now talking metal digital whatever that is or isn't uh, at this point is is really just going to be the two shows talking metal and one-on-one with Mitch Lafon um you know again there's been a lot of great stuff that has happened to me because of associating myself with Mitch Lafon and and I think his show's great and he has a great interview style and uh I I'm gonna just I really just be working with him exclusively right now. Victor Ruiz from Mars Attacks, uh, he's done a great job with his show. If you want to hear the show, you can get it in so many other places. Uh, you know, his website, MarsAttacksRadio.com, you can get it on, on Spreaker. He has his own Spreaker page. He has his own iTunes feed. So go subscribe to it there and... 
I love I love Victor, and I hope that he will still occasionally come on Talking Metal as a co-host. He is a very knowledgeable guy. He has a great show, and the fact that eventually, it might be another year before I do the web work, but eventually Mars Attacks is is going to disappear from Talking Metal Digital is uh, really no has nothing to do with the quality of his program or anything like that. It's just simply... It's just not right now worth 30 minutes of my time to to be putting it on the site because I don't have that time. I, I really don't. There's so much going on in my life right now. I'm in school, uh, learning editing. I'm trying to still stay in the That Metal Show fold. Um doing Talking Metal, I'm helping Mitch with his show, so there's a lot of stuff going on, plus I got a family and, you know, two little kids, a four and a six-year-old, who you may have heard in the background here, along with their two friends, so it's just been a little nutty, so I just wanted to put that out there, but definitely, you know, if you like Victor's show, please go subscribe to it, I I honestly don't think too many of you guys got it through TalkingMetal.com anyways, um, I think most people probably get it through the the iTunes feed or, or directly from his site. But on the outside chance that you did, you know where to go. iTunes, search Mars Attacks Podcast or MarsAttacksRadio.com or Spreaker or wherever. I think he's all over the place. And I wish him the best of luck. And Victor, I definitely will be listening to Mars Attacks. And I, hope that, I really hope you come back on, on Talking Metal, dude, if you're listening to this. All right, so on to my interview with Gumby, the vocalist of Battlecross. Cannot wait to see these guys at Heavy Montreal. This is new Battlecross, a little sound sample. It's called Spoiled.
Jersey. Hey, Gumby, how are you? Living the dream. Cool, cool. Um, Mark from Talking Metal, obviously from New Jersey. On the line, we have Gumby from the band Battlecross, and you are currently driving around Flint, Michigan, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Got to run some errands. Right on. Well, thanks for for checking in with us. We're really excited to check you guys out at Heavy Montreal coming up in August. And have you guys done Heavy Montreal before? Uh, Yeah, we did it uh, once. We were like a late add-on when we were on the uh, Trespass America tour with Five Finger Death Punch and Kill Switch Engage. Um, They were, you know, we they were like, oh, well, you're with the tour. Come by, we'll, we'll put you in a spot. So they were like, yeah, you're going to headline the Apocalypse stage. Oh, got that. Yeah, you're going to headline the Apocalypse stage, and uh, you're going to be playing uh, the same time as System of a Down. Oh, wow. So, wow. So yeah, cool, thanks. But they, they treated us like rock stars, because they treated us like headliners. We like got like the the nice uh, trailer, and we were like, are you are you sure we're supposed to have this? Yeah. And, like, they, they, the catering was amazing so they're like yeah hey, just eat as much food as you want and then uh we'll see you about uh nine o'clock right on right on well there's a lot of great bands playing with you guys this year there is lamb of god slipknot uh to name a few cold chamber and and speaking of slipknot you guys are going to be doing not fest right yeah not fest in october so that's in sacramento california right or i i think it sounds right that sounds right was slipknot a big influence on you guys Oh yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I, I when Slipknot, Slipknot came out, I was, I was one of them kids that just lived and ate Slipknot. But uh, yeah, they they were huge on me. But I don't know about the rest of the guys. I can't speak for them, but I can say for myself, yeah. Very cool. And let's let's talk about Battlecross. You guys have a, a new single out, right? And the new album is on the way. When can we expect that? Uh October. August 21st, we release it uh, from Metal Blade Records. We're doing a couple of shows around the Midwest before we go out with Guar. Um, you know, just a couple of home shows, you know, you know, Chicago, uh, Ohio. Uh, so we're going to be doing a couple of little shows with us and a couple of other bands. Um, I think Yesterday Saints is going to be with us for a couple of days. And Crimson Shadows were going to be on it, but they... Uh, got a different tour so we were like hey do the tour man congratulations right cool so but, uh, have there, is there a replacement for them then uh i have we're supposed to have a meeting wednesday so we're gonna figure all that crap out cool. but uh you know we'll probably just you know add on maybe a local or something or you know try to see what other you know bands need help i want to you know a show because Shows are nice to play. Yeah, definitely. Well, circling back to the the, the new record, which is coming out on Metal Blade uh, Records, what can we expect with this? Are you guys heading in a, a different direction musically? Can we expect it to be kind of more of the same? How would you describe it musically? Uh, you can expect it to be you know a little more refined. You know, like not like it's just the evolution of Battlecross. We don't we didn't try to like slow it down or speed it up we just wrote the song so we got heavy songs on there we got thrash songs on there we got you know every song sounds different on the album which i thoroughly enjoy because you know you listen to so many bands you're like hey doesn't that song kind of sound like the other song or that other song as well you know there's none of that on the album um 
it's you know it's not different Battlecross. I just think it's Battlecross, honestly, from all I've listened to it. You know, it's not heavier, it's not softer, it's just Battlecross. It's what we do. Right on. And the album is Rise to Power, again, coming out August 21st on, on Metal Blade Records. Let's talk about the band lineup. You guys fairly recently added a, a new member to the fold, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went through a slew of veterans, and we've uh, settled on our young Mr. Alex Bent. He is from uh, California, uh, the Bay Area, and uh, he's he's just a 22-year-old, you know, all he does is live, breathe drums. So that's that's awesome to get a kid that's that hungry. I mean, we've had uh, Kevin Talley. We've had Shannon Lucas on the last album. We've had Adam Pierce from All Shall Perish and Amir. Uh, and and we've, we've used once Hoseon from uh, Fit for an Autopsy. So we've, we've had some drummers behind us. Yeah, and will Alex be on the new record? Is he? Is he? Oh yeah, he yeah. is on. He okay. is. He's on the new record. He is. He put his own flavor on the new record, and yeah, it, and that's another thing you can expect from the new album. Like at, or, uh, Alex is gonna, you know, he got some awesome drum parts in there. He put a lot of his own flair on it. So, I mean, I'm excited for people to hear, you know, Alex doing his part in Battlecross. You know, this is what Battlecross is going to sound like from here on. Right on. Uh, going back to your younger years, who are some of the, you know, we, we mentioned Slipknot earlier, but who are some of the other bands that, that drew you to music and, you know, made you want to make this your thing, your career? Oh, man. I'd say uh, Metallica, you know. They, they they got, everybody loves Metallica. Absolutely. Uh uh, I'll say Slayer, um, Lamb of God, uh, I love Death Tones, um, God, I love Mudvayne. <laughs> right. Uh, and, uh, let's see, I feel, you just asked this question so many times, uh, um, uh, uh crap. Well, uh, just drawing a blank right now. No, that's cool. I mean, that's a pretty like you. You know, you going going from Lamb of God to Deftones is pretty wide variety uh, sound oh, yeah. wise. Are you uh, a guy who's open to a lot of different styles musically? Oh yeah, man. I was raised on uh, country. I mean, like Hank Senior. That was my that that right there is my jam. Wow, cool. <laughs> but yeah, no, I've I've, I've been raised with everything. You know, I I wasn't allowed to listen to music as a kid. Really? You weren't allowed to listen to it? No. Like, I could listen to country with my grandpa, but that was about it. Wow. Wow. Did that make you even want it more? I guess. Like, yeah. I I mean, my mom was an R&B chick, you know, that was the only real, you know, access I had to music as a kid. Like, my sister, like, she was the first one that showed me Metallica 1 in my parents' room while she was babysitting me. You know, that's how I heard metal for the first time. Wow. And how do your parents feel about what you're up to with with Battlecross? Are they supportive of oh, you nowadays? Supportive now. Yeah. Yeah. After my mom and dad divorced, that was like I got to live a little better, you know, a little more uh, freedom musically. But you know, now my dad, uh, he's a he's a Bible thumping Christian, and uh, he uh, he's always been supportive of me. So it's it's nice, you know. I don't have that 
get out of here, boy, if you're going to play that double music. Right. You know, he, he's accepting of what I do now because I, I take care of business and I, uh, I, I, you know, he brought up a well-adjusted individual, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And and so a lot of these bands that you're mentioning, you know, Lamb of God, for example, you're you're obviously at Heavy Montreal going to be uh, at the same festival with with them and and many others who were influential on you. Do you ever get a chance to meet these guys that that you know you've been fans of and and are they generally pretty cool guys? Yeah, definitely. Uh oh, yeah, Chill Switch Engage, we, you know, I I you know, when I started playing in bands like that's when kill switch dropped and i was a huge kill switch fan and when we met them for the first time like when we were on trespass america they were completely cool to me and they had no idea who i was and i was just you know the, the small that was the first band on and you know they didn't treat us like crap so and then uh tra- traveling the world with them they you know they'll come out to shows they're they're awesome dudes like they just welcome us both in arms, and that's like been the coolest thing that I've you know ran into. Like some of the bands that we meet, oh James Hetfield of uh, Metallica. Oh wow! Uh, when we we got to meet him at Orion Fest when we played with him, we did a small concert, or not a small concert. We did a small press conference with him, uh, and they were just cool as shit. And like I remember, like in the press conference. James Hetfield, like, looked over at me and was like, I don't know how this guy talks. And, like, in my head, there was like, holy shit, James Hetfield just talked to me. Holy shit, James Hetfield has heard me sing. Holy shit, what do I say now? I offered to do the singing lesson. I was like, you want a screaming lesson? (laughs) Just being a dumbass, you know, making conversation. And he was just, he he just chuckled it off and took it, you know, as the joke I meant it to be. And it was amazing. That's and he uh, came out like a half hour before. We he came out a half hour before uh, we went on, and uh, just hung out with us. Like I was like I even asked him I was like, shouldn't you be doing something more important than this? He's like, no man, I came hang out. So that like floored me that he would take the time out to just come over and you know bring us on stage and be cool with us. Like he had no reason to do any of the stuff he did, and he just did it because he was he wanted to do it that's that was insane it's awesome it's always cool to hear stuff like Still that can't wrap yeah. my head around around it two years later right on right on cool well again i will be there at heavy montreal please come by the press tent hang out with us say hello maybe do another interview we'll be doing live broadcast from from the press tent there at heavy montreal you guys oh, totally. You guys are on on the 8th, which is a great day. The Agonist, Dying Fetus, Def Heaven is playing, Devin Townsend, Lita Ford, Rocket from the Crypt. Uh, We're all over the place. Testament, Iggy Pop, Faith No More, and and many, many others. So it's going to be a great day of just loud music in general, and I will be there watching you guys in Battle Cross play. Hell yeah, man. Thanks. Cool. And what what song do you want me to play for the Talking Metal listeners to take us out here, Gumby? Um, Not Your Slave or uh, Spoiled. You know, want something off of the new one. You got to hype that. Cool. Rise of Power. Not Your Slave, uh, the first single, right? Yep. Let's do it.
What you just heard was Not Your Slave by Battlecross. You can buy both the songs Spoiled and Not Your Slave on iTunes now. Go do it. Support these guys. Support Battlecross by also showing up to Heavy Montreal and checking them out live. Good stuff. That's going to do it for today, guys. I really, as always, appreciate you listening to me and sticking with me for almost 10 years I don't know that I'm going to do a big celebration for the the 10-year anniversary. Um, You know, it's just, uh, we did a big episode 500. Maybe we'll do something for episode 666 or something. But I I, I, I don't know. I'll try to acknowledge it, but it's like, you know, you can always uh, go back and listen to the first episode and do a little celebration on your own if you want. You know, it is interesting that first episode, you know, I started it solo. John was John Astronomy was the guest on the first episode. Um, you know, and he, he definitely helped me with setting up the RSS feed, but it wasn't probably until nine or ten episodes in that he actually officially became a, a co-host of Talking Metal. And 
wow, it was a great run. You know, I listened back to some of those those older episodes with him, and not everyone loved John, but most more people liked him than disliked him. And there was a great chemistry there at times. It was definitely a different show than what Talking Metal has become now. And that's all right. You know, the the, the show is is evolving. I, I hope. Maybe some people think it's not evolving, going backwards, devolving. I don't know what the what the opposite of evolve is. Um, but I miss him. I really do. I miss John Astronomy and uh, not only just doing the podcast with him, but I, I miss hanging out and and talking with the guy. So that's that. And uh, it's a new chapter. I really feel like going into this 10th year, it's a new chapter in what I'm doing here. And I'm excited to see where Talking Metal goes next. I, I really don't know where. But it's going to keep going, I can promise you that. Take care, guys. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.